And a lot of families today just don't have a lot of time together because our world encourages separation and segregation. Age segregation is huge. Uh, educationally, age segregation, even at the church, we come and we all split and head to different places. Um, and even activities pull families in different direction. And so uh, worship brings us all together. So those words spoken by Josh Mulvihill, our guest today on Engaging the Generation, speak to a serious flaw in the way in which we often view parenting and community life. Well, welcome to part two of this podcast with Josh and Jen Mulvihill on raising a family that truly does life together in a grand way. I'm Kevin Harper, and I'm here with Sarah Greenstreet, my co-host. So Sarah, Josh and Jan shared with us in that first episode the principle of a four-legged stool that they use in their parenting. A very helpful way of examining how well our parenting is as we engage our children in these four areas of study, worship, work, and service. That's right. Uh, we spend most of our time on the first leg, study. Unfortunately, I think it's fairly uncommon for families to study scripture together. Hmm. And they give us some easy, practical ways to do it. I did. Yeah. I'm eager to hear what they have to say about the other three. Mm -hmm. uh, this next area of worship is one I'm sure not many parents give much thought about. It's just something we do on Sundays at church, but I suspect the Mulva Hills will have a very different view. Well, <laughs> let's find out, okay? So, Josh. You mentioned in our last session that discipleship is the mechanism of parenting, but the goal is worship. What, what do you mean by that? And what is the focus of what you do when you talk about worship in your family? Yeah, so worship, uh, I, I think that one gets at the heart. And we are wanting, we want heart transformation in our kids. Uh, so for us, um, our tagline is every family worshiping together it has two spheres uh, in the home and then in church. So at home, we have family worship. Uh, you, we've touched on that briefly on you know, how we gather around God's word, uh, studying, but we also pray and uh, worship through music. And uh, that's been, that's a regular rhythm in our home. Um, and in the church setting, we do that in corporate worship. So we prioritize being at church two hours a week and we on Sunday morning and we worship together as a family. Uh, we think that that is the primary meal of the week. Uh, it's not the only meal, but um, and so we, you know, all the I've been a children, youth family pastor for 20 plus years. So I value aged based ministry, but those are supplemental that they shouldn't replace uh, what is the primary church component. And so, you know, we want both. It's not like we ha can't have both, uh, but one needs to drive and lead. And for us, that's corporate worship. Um, and so to, uh, part of the worship piece, I think, as we talk about discipleship, Part of the component with this is that it just requires time. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of families today just don't have a lot of time together because our world encourages separation and segregation. Age segregation is huge. Uh, educationally, age segregation, even at the church, we come and we all split and head to different places. Um, and even activities pull families in different direction. And so... Uh, worship brings us all together uh, in the home. We prioritize it and in church. Um, and really those who have, if you just think from a logical standpoint, 
children are going to become like the people they spend the most time with. It's just a, it's just a, a natural reality of life. Uh, Luke 640 says that children will become like disciples become like their teacher. Um, the students become like their teacher. And so by that meaning, uh, we want to be the people that have the most time in our kids' lives. So we want that to be, be in all spheres. And so I think parents need to pull some levers where they increase time or decrease time apart. And part of that is, you know, in the different spheres we have in church and home, we have to prioritize that in, in different ways. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you can, I don't know if you want to talk more about um, the worship piece, either through music, Jen's a music teacher, so she mm-hmm. could talk a lot about music from that side, mm-hmm. or how we have trained our kids on the worship side at church. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to corporate worship, especially with little children in church, there there's a lot of facets, right, that go into helping a, a young child learn to be a part of the body in that way. Um, so we've done a few things over the years um, just with helping our kids um, have success in that corporate worship setting. Um, we make it a milestone. It's a really big deal. It's a really special day to be able to sit in the corporate worship service, and that's usually around five or six years old. Um, we give our kids ways to stay engaged, whether it be note-taking, um, coloring for the little ones, drawing pictures. If they can't read, draw pictures of what you're hearing, guys. Sometimes we've had one week where we've had our kids tally how many times he says the word Jesus. How many times did the pastor say Jesus today? And then, you know, afterwards, let's, let's march on down front. Let's, let's give the pastor a, a report. You said Jesus 67 times today. Um, can, but, I, can I add one thing there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that Think tools. Think tools. Not yeah, toys. Not toys. Yep. So what yep. tools do your kids need to be engaged in worship? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the toys in worship. Yeah. And which it's sad to even say, but it's so common to see families, you know, okay, let's, you know, bring an iPad and play some games in the service or, you know, fill in the blank with what that is. But yes, tools, not toys. Um, Another thing we've done is we've just reached out to our worship pastor at church and asked, what are the songs that we're going to be singing together corporately in church? So are we going to be singing some hymns? Are you going to be introducing some new songs that we're singing? And what what we do is very intentionally, we'll purchase those songs, we'll purchase digital copies of those songs, and we will listen to them. And what happens when young people or or, or adults are, are hearing this music and they know what they're hearing. What happens? They sing. We sing because we know the song. And it's a joy to be in church and hear our children singing loudly because they know the songs and they're excited to worship versus standing there confused that they don't understand the verse. And where is this going? And what's the melody doing? It's not a distraction, but it's um, a really great tool to point our children towards Christ in in that corporate worship setting. At home, when when we talk about family worship, the family worship includes reading the Bible together, prayer, and then worshiping the Lord using music and doing that within the home setting. Um, So reading the Bible, not somebody else's thoughts about the Bible. It's gathering at the table and 
mom or dad making dessert and saying, no, 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 don't get up. We're going to worship together as a family and just creating that rhythm of a family worship time together. So reading the Bible, you don't have to read long, keep it brief, but, um, but crack the book um, and sing a prayer together. Prayer time can look like so many different things, right? You could do a song style prayer. You could um, take prayer requests, just praying together as a family and then worshiping the Lord using music and song. And there are so many ways that every family can worship together in their home using music, even if you're not music. And, so a couple- and Josh, you've also created some music tools, helps for for parents that, that they can have available too. Yeah, two really good resources for if you're not musical, which I'm not. Um, Roots Kids Worship uh, is uh, it's half half of the songs are scripture to music, and they're well done. They're so they're well done, good to listen to. And then the other half is just doctrine to music. Yeah, um, there's about ten of those CDs. A really another really good one is Seeds Family Worship, mm-hmm. uh, and they are all scripture to um to music and they're and they're well done as well um those are really really good helps and um i will say kevin and sarah as we're talking about intergenerational discipleship you know the most intergenerational gathering of the week in god's economy is corporate worship is where all this, that is not an adult education hour. That is where all of the people of God come to worship together. And in my view, if families and or churches can't do corporate worship together and they can't do corporate worship well with all the ages, you have essentially just um, laid the groundwork to make any ministry to family kind of ministry very difficult because that's the natural place that it happens where all the ages interact with one another. So that's not the end all, but it has to, at least in my view, be the starting point uh, for uh, for families worshiping together. Amen. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Sarah does too. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk for a moment about the last two legs of your tools, uh, work and service. Uh, give us some rundown on what that looks like. I mean, you gave us a little bit of a uh, uh, snippets of that, what that really looks like and resources and tools, again, that you would recommend that people uh, put to, uh, put into play for that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do you want me to touch on service? Sure. Go sure. Okay. So, um, we encourage our children to always be serving, serving, but you know, the Lord has given each of us gifts and it's appropriate that we use those gifts, you know, to serve others. And it looks like it can look like a lot of different things. We value serving together as a family. And so part of our Sunday morning is um, we spend one hour at church serving together as a family. And over the years, it's looked like different things. It's looked like holding doors and greeting and saying hello. It's looked like um, singing together and serving in the kids choir. It has looked like a lot of different things. Um, but we we prioritize serving together as a family. And then we also encourage our children to continually be serving as individuals in ways that the Lord has gifted them and encouraging them to um, always be looking for opportunities to serve and not to be served. Um, whether it's things for the little tr- little girls like 
picking bouquets of flowers that they've grown and taking them to the neighbors with an encouraging word. Or um, for the boys, it's working and serving people in the community and helping people who need help moving. Our oldest is very musical and he serves by leading worship for younger children at the church every Sunday. He's down there like with his guitar and, you know, leading for the, for the group. Um, and so it's, it's both this family service as well as individual service. Can I share two quick stories about that? Um, so we live in Minnesota and we have a fairly long driveway. Um, and we have to have an actual plow on the front of a vehicle to to clear it. It's a lot of snow. In it's Minnesota. a lot of snow. So we got a snowfall. It was like late, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, like eight to 10 inches of snow, which isn't abnormal here in Minnesota. But the timing was like, I don't know if we, I said to my boys, um, the, you know, as we were thinking about. Uh, church the next morning like I just physically don't know if I can get this cleared in time to get out for church and my boys were both like dad it's not an issue you get up at whatever time you need to you get that snow cleared because we're serving tomorrow oh yes and we can't miss Sunday so our oldest was leading worship for preschool our second oldest was serving in choir um, and that for them, they it, they own church. Their church means something to them yeah. in part because they're serving. They, they have ownership. Serve. They're gifted. In in the inner the second story it, for intergenerational um, component, our second born um, serves with Miss Nancy, who's in her seventies. Miss Nancy has been an adoptive grandmother. Mm -hmm. They met through Awana. Miss Nancy was Asher's table leader. And they, uh, she, as I was the pastor, and uh, I asked our leaders to move up each year with our kids so that they'd develop relationships, get to know each other. And they did. Little did I know it was going to be my own son with somebody. Um, but they, you know, Asher would call her on the phone oh, all the time. She's on speed dial. And they, you know, they were very, she's very, very special to Asher. Oh. Well, he started serving with her in communion. And so he would, you know, <laughs> communion would be served. And we're at a large church, 5,000 plus. And um, he would figure out where Miss Nancy was serving communion. He'd find her in the, in the sanctuary. sanctuary. And he'd like, he'd be like elbowing us in the worship service. Like, Miss Nancy, she's <laughs> like, I need to go. And like, we'd say no, the tears would start flowing. Yeah. So we finally started saying yes. And he'd go serve. And then this one Sunday, it was like... <laughs> 45 minutes after the service had ended and everybody's gone and we're like, all right, it's, we want to go home. Like, where is, where is Asher? So we finally tracked him down in a back room. I remember a little communion room. They were cleaning up and I opened the door and Asher had all the little communion cups with grape juice. The ones that were not drinking. Yeah. They were lined up on a table and he was hitting them like shot glasses with the, he was having the time of his life cleaning up communion and mrs nancy was like Yay, sugar level was probably through the roof oh but those are just a couple examples of how you know service sometimes we think that this is like drudgery and duty yeah. and for our kids it's been the exact opposite oh, it's been yeah. a blessing yeah. and it has yeah. it has helped them really not only connect intergenerationally, but really connect in the, into the community and to, you know, to grow their own self. And so it's been a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. So service has been a huge part mm -hmm. of our life. 
that way. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then we have work. 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 Yes. Yeah. So our goal with our kids is, um, so every day our kids have chores that they do uh, in our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're assigned. They just do them. They get no pay for them. We think it's, you know, we don't, we don't give out welfare. You don't get anything nope. free nope. in life. So <laughs> you don't get it at our house either. Nope. Um, so, the, you know, whether they're take we have cats and dogs. So they take care of cats and dogs. It's empty in the dishwasher. It's Garbage. Uh, yes, garbage. It's stuff everybody has. You know, yeah. that's what our kids do, just normal run-of-the-mill stuff. But then if they do things beyond that, uh, we will pay them an hourly rate competitively for what they would work outside of our house. Um, and uh and so we always have opportunities for them to work. Um, but we also want them to develop uh, so we think this is a good area to develop character. Um uh, and learn a lot about finances. So we encourage our kids to start a business. Um, our second born, he's 13 now. He saved for two years to purchase his own dog. He spent $800 and this summer bought a uh, Labrador. Labrador that he's going to breed. And next summer he'll be selling pups. That's so if anybody cool. wants a puppy from Minnesota, let Register us know. Our, uh, we live on uh, on enough acreage, so we have some animals. So we, our oldest son, has been raising and selling some meat birds um, and Chicken. he, chickens. He made as much this summer doing that as he would have worked hourly at a Chick Fil A. He didn't have to leave home, uh, which is great. Is he stealing chicken too? Uh, <laughs> my my other son, like just today, he spent um, he spent six hours. Uh, with firewood and that they can splitting I went and bought a wood splitter I pay it wasn't cheap but I said I'll pay for the wood splitter whatever wood you want to split you can sell it and make all the 100% of the money for it they've been splitting wood like you wouldn't believe this summer um, crazy wood splitters. <laughs> yes um and so that is developing a a work ethic Um, It's teaching them responsibility. They're learning to handle their money well. Uh, They are learning character, you know, fortitude, all kinds of stuff through that. Um, We, you know, all of our kids don't like to do the same kind of work. And so we've tried to tailor uh, the kinds of things that they are excited about around the things that they like doing. So our second born, what he liked for a long time was sports cards. All of us raised, all of us used to collect cards growing up. You used to think, hey, I'm going to make a ton of money off of it. Well, my second board did. Jesus. That's how he would buy <laughs> cards and sell them on eBay. And he raised a thousand bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we would help him with that. Um, Our daughter loves to knit and yeah. make hats and sew. And so she, this last year, did a craft show. She knitted her way through the summer and fall and did a couple craft shows and um, sold, you know, mother daughter matching hand knit hats, and um, so really, I mean, just we spend a we, you know, intentionally try to encourage our kids to foster their giftedness and to direct that into work. Work is a missing component of a lot of kids' childhood, it sure um, is. and it used to be a huge part of our country. Um, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And as that's been taken away from kids, they don't have an outlet and that's been replaced by sports. Mm -hmm. So sports has replaced work for a lot of kids. So 
they prove their manhood or womanhood out on the, the playing court field rather than in a work arena. And for us, you know, we don't have anything against sports. Our older, our oldest is playing football this year. Um, and we do some, we do allow some during the summer months, but for most kids, sports is going to be just a hobby. That's it. For a few, it will lead to a career of some sort, but most it won't. Uh, work on uh, it will translate into all kinds of valuable things into the adult years. Um, and it's again, it's not an either or, but we definitely emphasize one over the other as a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and uh, we'll see how, you know, our kids are they're They're not fully adult at this point yet. So it'll be real interesting to see if any of this stuff actually mm-hmm. blossoms into something that they bring into their adult years or it may not. And that's fine. Um, but work is a regular part of every day in our home. Mm-hmm. Whether it does or doesn't, you certainly have prepared them for building a meaningful career and purpose in their lives. And I think that's really important. So as we kind of wrap this our time together up, any final words of wisdom and advice that you want to give to the parents or grandparents? One of the things we forgot to mention, Josh, is that you've been involved in grandparenting ministry for a long time as well. And we had pop, uh, pop um, excuse me, we had the opportunities to share in that together some. So final words of wisdom to parents and grandparents in this realm of teaching our children to become adults. I would say what are the one or two really important areas in the next six to 12 months that each one of your children you could focus on to help them be uh, grow as uh, godly men and women in their faith. Um, pick one or two for each kid and uh, and start focusing on that, being intentional on that. Um, and if you do that uh, for a long enough time, uh, you start to see some pretty significant growth in those kids' lives. So I think a lot of it, you're right, Kevin, comes down to intentionality uh, and just saying, you know, these in my head, this is what's important, uh, and now I'm going to bring that into our daily daily times. Wow. I mean, I learned a lot from this conversation and I'm not even a parent. (laughs) That's all right. I'm still learning too. I'm a grandparent. (laughs) Their outlook on this well-rounded idea of being a family that follows Christ together was really, truly inspiring. It was. I agree totally, Sarah. It was good stuff. But accumulating knowledge and information is of little value if we don't put it into practice. Mm -hmm. so, So I hope those of you who are listening will put some of this into practice. And as Josh suggested, Just pick one or two things and start there. Mm -hmm. Well, our session is done with the Mulva Hills, Josh and Jen. But if you would like to know more about what they shared with us, I urge you to visit their website at gospelshapedfamily.com. It's all one word, gospelshapedfamily.com. And you know, Sarah, I think it'd be great if we could hear from some of our podcast listeners about how they are going to put some of these ideas into practice and what impact it has on their family. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I think that'd be really fun to hear from from you guys, from the people who are actually out there doing it. Um, you can send your questions, comments, or other insights to Kevin at kevinharper.com. That's C-A-V-I-N at Kevin, C-A-V-I-N, Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R.com. Thank you for being with us this episode of Engaging the Generations. I'm Sarah Greenstreet. And I'm Kevin Harper. Watch for more or listen for more, maybe I should say, (laughs) 
fascinating conversations about engaging the generations where you will be inspired to intentionally and faithfully commend the mighty works of God and His truth to another generation. God bless. And God bless.